We're back. The Whiskey Hue, a podcast from three brown startup enthusiasts that pull back the curtain on business, culture, and side pieces. <laughs> Not that type. We're talking e-games, cannabis, sports, blockchain, without the bullshit, and most importantly, over whiskey. America calls Clyde Black, Athul Brown, and Anthony somewhere in the confusing middle. <laughs> well, we're three brothers, various shades of brown, bringing you the latest in tech, business, and startups mixed with a ton of sarcasm. Cue the music. <laughs> Same for the sun. <laughs> Can't help it. Can't help it. Huh, Red Fox. Uh, <laughs> yes. Geez, man. We're we're back. We're back. And uh it's good to see you guys this week. Um well, man. <laughs> week week uh what week eight, COVID nineteen. Is, is it week eight already? Seems I like ninety seven. Week ninety seven. <laughs> <laughs> right. no, we're counting. But uh it's been, you know, the new normal is getting normal. I don't know about you guys, but, uh, yeah. you know, the game has changed. You know, everyone's getting into their groove. I'm hearing a date of May 15th that, you know, everything is going to be opened up. But I know, Thule, you have the inside plug of medical professionals. I was so, thinking about uh, going to Atlanta to get some tattoos because I need that right now. <laughs> I can go get that. That's coming up three days ago. <laughs> that makes no damn sense, man. I want to I go see a movie. <laughs> 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 it's it's worth getting Rona to see Fast and Furious 19, man. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I it's took a page know. out of a Oh, go ahead, man. Clyde, go ahead. <laughs> no, nah, go ahead. You got it. I, I took a page out of your book, man. My wife was working from home one day. She goes, "Why don't you go do something for yourself, right? You got you got your own day." I'm like, "All right. Uh, treat yourself." I went to the Disneyland of what's available to me. Available to me, Target, baby. <laughs> it was epic. <laughs> it was epic, man. There was no line. Walk straight in. A lot of people, a decent amount of people, but I walked aisle by aisle, man. And it was, um, it was great. I listened to the podcast. So it was, it was just <laughs> like, oh, I could buy this for my wife. <laughs> I don't have to make food for anyone. I didn't have to like do it. I was just, just walking through, just chilling, man. And it's like that's like the Lamborghini of what's available, man. Is that uh, grocery stores uh, and Walmart? Right. Only thing you needed was uh, the D Nice IG Live, and you'd have been good. <laughs> you know, you know, two step people like, what the hell's going on with this guy? I'll tell you though. So I've I've been a big hand sanitizer dude for a while, right? Yeah. For like 15, 20 years. So my nephew on my brother's side, my my brother in law, my nephew there, both of them are in hand sanitizer. We've been using hand sanitizer forever, and everyone makes fun of us, talk shit about us. But you know what? We're wi- we're winning right now. But but here's the thing. Now, when I want to go buy my normal amounts at Target, I notice what do you have available, right? The only thing that was left was like some lilac, lavender, organic, bougie bullshit, right? So I'm like, I'm like, it's, it's like, it's like lavender botanicals. <laughs> like, I'm like what, that's not gonna kill any Rona, man. It might kill my testosterone. <laughs> like, use that for a week. I'll be like, I'll be like uh, the Migos, man, wearing matching blouses with my wife. You know, what I'm saying? <laughs> bad and bougie, drop top. Oh <laughs> uh, man, I don't know, but it, it's cool. Oh, Target, thank you for being a savior for us. No okay. problem, man. You know, next week we'll be at uh, we'll be at Whole Foods. <laughs> you know, Whole Foods. Listen, listen, I went to Whole Foods this week. Whole Foods doesn't play, man. They're like, we prefer that you wear masks and gloves to come in here. It's on oh. their sign. Like, I, I get appreciated, and they have, you know, they they do not play with the amount of people they allow. And Target will hold a line. But oh, then yeah. they'll they'll have a whole rush of like forty people that come in, and only yeah. ten people leave. So I don't know how they're doing their math, but whatever. <laughs> it's like the club. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
So no, no, no. It's good to hear you getting out and about, Anthony. I'm sure you took your uh, normal New York City drive. I did. Yeah, I, actually, I did. I went down the West Side Highway, stopped in the LES, picked up a burrito, drove up the FDR. I was good, man. Nice. <laughs> nice. All in 15 minutes. <laughs> no traffic. It's beautiful to see the city like this, though, right? It's, yeah, it, yeah. It's a new I love a thriving New York City because it's good for the world. But if it has to be this way, take it. You know, if you can get through it, see it. It's beautiful to see it this yeah. way, calm. Yeah, because the, the impact that you know, I saw one IG post of LA. Uh, you talk about cities thriving uh, pre-corona, small. You couldn't see what a mile ahead. And now you can see like 20 miles without yeah. smog with, uh, in the LA area. So, you know, nature is definitely course correcting right now. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's one of those. And it powers that be like F this nature. Rev up their factories. <laughs> like I'm missing my bonus. Skip your tree, man. <laughs> like, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Migos drop top. yeah but you know this week we want to think about that specifically around how these companies are making an impact uh outside of you know the financial side but how consumers are thinking about brands who are marketing to to them i want to take some time and dive deep into where the the market the marketing world is going right now where it's been and also think about uh how people are thriving within the coronavirus 2020 marketing playbooks. Um, there's a couple of things that stood out to me. And one just amazing fact that I saw was um, um, Barry Diller, who was like, hey, guys, what are you drinking for your whiskey of the day today? And <laughs> I said, yo, what are you talking about, Barry, Barry Diller? I got the whiskey hue going on right now. But no, <laughs> I can't. I can't do it. So, <laughs> Got a beeline to Barry Diller, man. <laughs> Barry Diller, he owes me, man. He owes me. Uh, but what's our whiskey of the day, fellas? I'm going to bring this first and last time. I bring this up. Uh, ben Romack, Space Side Single Malt. It's a Scotch whiskey from UK. Okay. So exactly this time last year, I was there. We were with the, with the family, as I mentioned on a previous podcast. So I, you know, I asked Private for a jet. couple bottles. Right. Yeah. Now we will. But PJ, PJ. <laughs> you think it's 757 is private right now because there's three people on it, right? <laughs> but, um, we got this and I wanted something like Oban. It tastes nothing like Oban, but uh, so it's but it's pretty good. It's the 15 year. You can get the 10 and 12 year here, I think, but you can't. Well, at that time, you couldn't get the 15. It's cool. I don't need it past this bottle. Uh, it's it's a it's a, but it's smooth. I mean, it's it's nice for if you like Oban with a bite like that. Uh, it's, it's, a rough going down. It's smooth. It's got, and it's just kind of like, uh, Anthony's bougie one from a couple of weeks ago, oh. like $500 bottle. Whatever. This isn't anywhere near that, but they do use it in cherry barrels and they distill it in cherry barrels. They let it sit in there and, uh, for years, right? 15 years for this one. And it absorbs those flavors into it. It's kind of dope. All right. All right. So, you know, this is something that we had to go and order pre whiskey hue taping, um, Athul has the 15 year and we had to, you know, get the 10 year. So we're going to be sipping it and we'll give our, uh, distinct preview of it and, you know, what we think about it and share it with, share it with everyone in the whiskey hue. So, you know, I'll go back to, you know, Barry Diller talking about his, um, his, uh, new normal on the marketing side, specifically thinking about 
how they're spending their dollars, right? Yeah. He was like, in the normal year, we spend $5 billion in marketing on advertising spending. He said this year, due to the coronavirus impact, they're going to be adjusting down to about a billion dollars. So their marketing budgets have fallen about 20, uh, down to 20% of their normal spending. spending. So obviously they have a lot of businesses where it's really been impacted. So travel, Expedia, uh, they have a VRBO, which is the Airbnb of uh, competitors. So, you know, all these kind of lifestyle businesses who don't have a dramatic impact, but it just kind of puts in perspective of a lot of these companies who are spending their dollars. And one of the things that stood out to me was how is this impacting everyone else? Um, and specifically, I thought about how the dollars are being spent. Typically on the marketing side, companies buy their media in two or three different ways. They buy it on TV, old traditional, buy a 67, 60 second ad spot, a 30 second ad spot. You know, that's the, that's the old school way. But traditionally, a lot of people have been shifting towards a lot of social platforms like Facebook, Twitter, uh, Google. And what the consistency have been is that they're plunging. Um, you know, social media companies are seeing, for example, Facebook, more than half of their uh, what's called CPCs, their cost per clicks. It's uh, they haven't it's 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 fallen 50 percent below what they had in uh, December of 2019 to where we're at current day for March. And then on the Twitter side, they saw a decline of uh, uh, roughly around 20 to 40%. So, you know, people are definitely not buying advertising in these spaces, buying at a lower space. But uh, there's an upside to that. A lot of companies who really wouldn't have had a chance to purchase advertising in the past. So a lot of these smaller upstart, like early stage startups are now having a chance to play in these spaces and seeing upside. So that was one of the big things that have, has, 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 um, developed since you know this COVID uh, marketing changes have taken place so it's, it's it's very interesting to see and uh continue to monitor and continue to watch but um you know I just think about the change new norms and how all of these brands are going to have to adjust not only today but in the future right because if you're operating and you're trying to drive margins and I'll, I'll defer to you right because at the end of the day they're all trying to drive to get the stock price up and you can't do it on the top side you have to do it on the bottom line side. And a lot of these companies are shifting to make the bottom line shrink. So you're not spending as much as expenses. So the revenues get shorter. You're still getting the same amount of margins. Well, so it not only from, I, I was reading something too, because, you know, I wanted to be ready for your marketing discussion. Uh, so it's yeah. not my wheelhouse. I saw something that some uh, advertisers do not want to advertise certain keywords, right? That have to do with the with COVID-19. Right, they want to they want to steer away from that. So that's now seeming to seemingly on I guess on the programmatic side, or whatever, um, seemingly hurts news publishers, right? So since that's the majority of what they're talking about, that they don't want anything to do with coronavirus, deaths, uh, whatever the keywords that they're using. So they're you know they're staying away from that space or those keywords. So that's now hurting news publishers on the advertising side, the advertising revenue. Yeah, so, absolutely. And that goes back to the the plunge in spending fees so facebook twitter that goes directly to that because they, they charge by uh keyword sometime and target group so that's one space where yes it definitely has an impact you don't want to target certain keywords but more importantly it's like even if you're spending on those keywords who's going to be using it or clicking on those keywords as well uh and what what the the funny thing that you're finding is not everyone's following the same playbook they're producing the same advertising ads. Uh, 
I don't know yeah. if you've seen it or not, oh, but <laughs> every ad starts off the same, same music. We're sad. We're going to get through this together. You know, you're going to show some nurses or doctors or frontline employees. Somebody hugging each other. Hugging each other. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's literally, if you go search on like Facebook or uh, Facebook, YouTube or whatever, and type in like um, uh, COVID-19 advertising copies or something like that, you'll see it come up. Someone put together like a, a five minute video of 15 to 20 companies using the exact same music, exact oh, same kind of tone of voice. It, it was just amazing to see. So uh, when you're thinking about it from the marketing, like a the marketer's job is to break through the clutter. And yeah. a lot of these companies were in a rush. They probably was like, oh, this is a great ad independently. But then when everyone's having the same cap on or using similar advertising agencies that's under the same umbrella, you get the same ad <laughs> with <Black> different. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> and it has a different end cap. It's like by Target. <laughs> by okay. by Walmart. Well, yeah, it's, it's funny. the one the one I keep on get I get annoyed with. I'm like, oh my god, if they keep on using unprecedented times. We exactly. know, <laughs> we know. Like, I, I get it. it was perfect for the first two weeks. Yeah, like it was. It was like, okay, now we know we got the, we got the stimulus package. We got, you know, wow, that's great. That Hyundai or or uh, Ford, Toyota, whatever they're saying. Listen, we're gonna give you a break for three months. Three to six yep. months of your payment. Not knowing, not not we're not telling you uh, that this three six months is forgiven. We're just saying three six months you don't have to pay. Yeah. The question I always want to know, or at the same time, I know it's unprecedented, but still buy a car. So I don't, <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm just like, so it's it's just it's just funny. I just want you to tell me that you know we here we're here for you. You know, um, if you can't make payments, let's work something out, and we don't, we won't hold it against you in the long term. But at the same time, you can't tell me it's unprecedented and still buy a car. Like I just, I, it just, it just feels weird to me, and it just, it just feels the message. It just feels like it's not sincere to me. Well, yeah, that's a common thing because people they have to do their jobs, but you have to have marketers who really have a passion and passionate about helping people while still doing their jobs, and you know, companies who try to take their approach of "Hey, we're going to be for you, but still buy something." Um, that that's a tricky piece because ultimately. They have to answer to the shareholders, right? You still got to turn that profit. You got to have stock price has to go up. And while you still want to be compassionate, you know, you still got to make that money. And, you know, bonuses besides, besides the bonus, you still got to drive the revenue price of the, of the company up. So, you know, as a marketer, you got to think about what can I do to still make an impact, make people aware of the brand, give a strong brand equity. And then also once everything turns around, people are like, Oh, you weren't a piece of shit when the COVID nineteen was around. Mm-hmm. We still want to do business with you, even though your products are great. Um, because there are going to be a lot of companies, like for example, Shake Shack. I was just about to bring that yeah, up. Bring that <laughs> up. <laughs> who are who are, who are going to you know they're going to get they're going to get some shit right about about I, some I would, uh, about so. they acted like there's a, there's a point there's an integrity element to it too right like there's there's got to be a point where you just go okay I get it you know. Listen, maybe the government then outlined it perfectly and allowed you to slip in and get the money. But then there's a point where you got to go. We don't need the money. Yeah. Right. And and, you know, there's it's a strong if you got a strong balance sheet and you're you're on an enterprise level, you know, again, you know, you're not a small, medium business. Why are you going after that kind of money? You could get a bailout. And if you do need the money, you're in a different tier at that point. Yeah, you should be. You should go after because there are mom and pop stores out here. 
who are about to close down. They don't have the runway right now. The runway is closing in. Like they, they, they can't they can't get off the ground right now. Yeah. So I ask both of you because you understand this space because you you're like Clyde, you're like the Kylie Jenner, Kim Kardashian, <laughs> AG and I like AG and I like Chloe and Rob Kardashian today. All right. <laughs> you pick you want, but like let's say this. Just piggyback, <laughs> piggybacking off what you just said. So Shake Shack, that's history. So, so Harvard University, right? So I'm not trying to pin pick pick on anyone, but well, let's pick on him because it was on Twitter. It was active. That's the only social media I kind of get on. So you're saying they they received nine million dollars or something like that, and but they yep. gave it back after they received some flack. Now they what they said on top of that, we're giving this back, but we wanted to use it to pay off or give some substantial financial aid to our students. Well, you have a forty billion dollar endowment. They got a endowment. They could pay so, off in the next couple of years. In the brand equity play, in my opinion, it's a shitty look for Harvard anywhere you look at it. But what what is it from your standpoint? So that that's kind of a tricky tricky subject, right? So the way I read those details around the Harvard piece was that was something for all universities to access to help their students. So, yes, definitely. They they have a 40 billion dollar fund. Um, they get an endowment. You get your interest on that. and You're good. But you have certain metrics and, and, and data points that you're driving to just like any other business where you have your margins and your revenue thresholds and whatever. And when you have a pandemic, you're like, oh, shit, everything is messed up. Well, let me get this money to get an infusion that's within the rules and et cetera, so that you can meet those thresholds. Um, so from a brand perspective, Harvard, they're not going to be tarnished. They're still going to be, you know, the tough, one of the toughest universities to get into. The fallback may be nothing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, there's not going to be a fallback from them. But for businesses where consumers have a choice, and there isn't a line. I think there will be, um, especially in markets where, say, like for instance, the the coast, New York City, Los Angeles, California, San Francisco type areas where people are really passionate about doing business with people that take care of them. You, you, you're going to see some really big impacts uh, for companies who are doing the right thing. And those who are not doing the right thing, their brand equity, their brand awareness is going to be <laughs> it's going to be tarnished. OK, All right. I hope. Oh, because I have I have I have a strange feeling like people have a tendency to forget once money is coming in and everybody's doing good. Right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just like anything else, right? You yeah. you do you do something, you you lower the price to fifty percent off, and everybody's yeah. doing like, yeah. cool. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> just like uh, you know, like everything else. So you got H and M. They did some. Oh, yeah. uh, some wrong time. stuff and you know, oh, yeah. Gucci, they did some wrong stuff and you know they do a little smaller PR campaign and then people will be right back but you know it's just a part of the risk that you have to take but for those brands who get it right and continue to build that just strong equity you'll see them accelerate and grow in spaces that they probably wouldn't have done previously so like for example some companies that are doing really well are um, Nike's doing something um, you know they have great great thinkers and brand and et cetera. But instead of trying to sell shoes, they're changed the message to get outside. Everyone's an athlete, um, you know, just, just do it. Uh, and then to stay at home and say, just don't do it. Just don't go outside. But just plan on that perspective. So nothing to do with your product, nothing to think about selling. So if you can position it that way, your brand will be top of mind when it's time to purchase. And in, and in cases where, now where everyone's buying sweatpants and socks and sweatshirts and hang around the house, even if you're not trying to do a hard sell, that soft sell will have them top of mind, which is yeah. a big, which is a big piece of, uh, 
the marketing, the marketing elements. I'm going to throw a question at you and you can earmark this for later or now because I'm, I'm going to bring Nike in. So Nike, Apple, deep, deep market penetration of customers who have ha- who've purchased their product for decades. Right. And, and, you know, so but they still have to earmark a ton of money towards advertising every year. And we can take this at a more ubiquitous level, McDonald's, Wendy's, Burger King, right? Lower price points, accessible to everyone. They still have to pour so much into marketing every year. Who has the best return on these? I mean, is there is there a marketing gold standard? Who has the best return for, hey, we do this amount of advertising, but it keeps our brand in play? I'm assuming if someone is a Big Mac person, McDonald's, <laughs> and Wendy's has an ad they put out, they might see Wendy's and say, I want a Big Mac. I'm sure that happens, right? But who's getting the best return on their ads? I mean, because they still have to spend so much, even though they're these top tier brands. Yeah, that's interesting you asked that question because there are different types of, of marketing. I like to tell people there is hard marketing, soft marketing, and then there is like everything in between. So the, hard, the hard marketing are pretty much like direct response marketing campaigns. So you say something and you want to, you want somebody to do something, take an action, click a link, Call a telephone number, go into a store, et cetera. You see a lot of brands who are doing that, who are trying to drive immediate sales, right? So, for example, Nike and their sneakers app, you know, they are, that's not necessarily marketing, but sales. But, you know, you get people to to buy your new product because you advertise on Instagram that you're going to be launching this new shoe. And then you go to the sneaker app and you're going to buy it. So, direct response. But then um, you look at Nike and say, why spend, you know, a big, give a billion dollars to LeBron or give Jordan, you know, 20% of all revenue pretty much in perpetuity. Um, it's because you're able to have the ability now to that Nike shoe that costs $3 to make. Now you can charge $160 for it because you built that brand equity in the marketing. So that people know that, you know, when I put my Nikes on, uh, or my Jordans on, I can jump a little bit higher than I could with the the, the, the same shoe, the same shoe made in the same factory, just without the Nike logo. So you're mm-hmm. ultimately you're paying for perception, brand equity, uh, brand awareness and kind of that cachet of cool ultimately is what you're paying for. The cachet of cool. You got me in the last week. I'll be honest. You got <laughs> me. I picked up those double straps. So family. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, no. But that's that. But that's kind of you know the big the big thing. And you know, advertising and pandemic or marketing and pandemic is you know you look at three core areas for me uh, because everyone was working on these big campaigns. I know I was, and a lot of people that I've you know my marketing peers was working on campaigns for Q three. I mean, excuse me, Q two, Q three. Summer preparedness, getting ready for, you know, the fall campaigns, back to school. So now all this is going to have to be adjusted. Your your adjusted content timelines and campaigns are pretty much out the window. Um, so, for example, you know, companies like Ford who were just launching out new cars and rolling out new cars, they had to adjust their campaigns to be coronavirus responses and, you know, changing the messaging where it's not necessarily party and you know my car is fast there's something up uplifting and hopeful um so it takes you to the next point of you have to elevate your language now and use new brand imagery um because previously you see ads and people in crowds partying together at the beach throwing the football around now you have to avoid kind of doing marketing or saying messaging that's counterintuitive of what's going on in the day-to-day marketplace um so that's there's a lot of work going on behind the scenes from a marketing 
perspective, not only on the brand side, the advertising side, the higher marketing side of just thinking about how to uh, capture new customers. And then probably the most important piece, and we touched on this earlier, was don't try to capitalize on the crisis, <laughs> right? Like the guy who bought all the hand sanitizer and, yeah. and wipes and put it in his garage and was trying to market up. And Amazon was like, nah, you're banned. I'm sure he, I'm, I'm sure he uh, still sold it third party, but you know, you have to take that into to play around what you're doing in your market marketing campaigns where you don't try to capitalize on it, but you just try to be authentic and people will believe it and go with you. Uh, and the brands. Oh, go ahead. Can I jump in there real quick? Yeah, go ahead. One authentic way to capitalize though, what they, some of these groups, because it's being very helpful is like Ford GE. I think GM is even doing this where they're actually using, they're not building cars, they're building ventilators. Yeah. So that's a beautiful place. That's probably has some great brand equity moving forward, right? If they can toss that in a year or two years from now. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, it, it has to be subtle though, right? You don't want to be on top of the mountain like, hey, remember when you guys were dying because of <laughs> Corona-19? I was building ventilators by my Cadillac. Uh, yeah. It's one of those things that you have to do kind of, you know, subtly and you have to make sure people are aware of it, but don't scream into the market, my, uh, scream it from the mountaintop. It's tricky, man. That's It's a tough job to have because you want to let people know, but you also don't want to tell people as well. Gotcha. Well, yeah, it's it's similar to what I what you know, like I guess it's to 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 the point of you knowing your audience, right? Like you said, like knowing the audience and what is going on with that or that demographic. What's going on with that demographic right now, right? There's there's there are certain demographics in this country that are very much so struggling financially and economically. And then there's demographics in this country who are good. Yeah, you know, I'm pretty sure Aston Martin and Ferrari can still sell to their customer base. They're not selling you know, tens of thousands of units like uh, Honda or whatever will be selling. But that demographic that might use your product that might be a little tight on financials, uh, you got to, you know, talk about we're here for you. I, you know, like that's that's the other part. Like I just, I find it weird. That's why I was talking a little earlier about like the Honda high day, you know, like their target demographic is a certain, is in a certain financial place. Yeah. Right? You're, they're, they're not the people who, you know, who, who make, you know, they could be, I'm not saying someone who makes, Combined house in, income of like half a million out half a million dollars isn't buying a, a Sonata. I'm just saying that they're a little bit a little bit on a high household income different a different you know target demographic, right? Yep. But why the hell would you be pushing to buy a car? Right. I get it. You you, you mentioned like they have to make they got to hit their numbers, right? They got they got they they owe hit their numbers. Three. But it just like it seems it. insincere to me that you're like. Well, well, you think about it, right? People car, people are having their car break down <laughs> every day. Yeah. You may be even thinking about getting a new car. I know some people who actually bought a car. They live in New York City, didn't have a car, and they purchased a car because of the pandemic. Yeah. Um, so they can get around and actually letting them leave in New York City. Um, so there are there are cases where people need to buy a car, and if you're not top of mind, if you're not running those ads, when you're thinking about like, oh, let me, what kind of car I'm gonna get. I haven't been in the market for it. You don't see this ad. So I think it makes total sense in that perspective because you're going to have a certain percentage, maybe a smaller percentage of people who are thinking about buying a car and you want to be top of mind. Right. So at the, I think on average in a good year, they sell 14 million cars a year in the U S during the recession. I think it dropped down to like 11 million and we'd probably be somewhere around the 10, 11 million this year. So 
take that in consideration, there are going to be 11 million people who are going to be buying cars this year. So but if you deals out there too, right? Zero yeah, the deals, deals, people are dropping. They're going to make it work. Even if you have to do a break even, you want to get that revenue and then you want to try to make up the difference on the, on the, on the bottom line. So yeah, would that be because you're going to be in their car and then you're going to need, hey, you might need some maintenance down the road. So, hey, we'll get that recurring revenue. Is that, is that the play? Yeah, that gets you in the car, build a relationship because oh. you're thinking about a longer play, lifetime value of a customer. Yeah. Like it's not, you're not just buying a, you're not just getting a customer today. You're saying, okay, this customer is probably worth, you know, through interest payments, through service, through maintenance, through whatever is an additional two or three X thousand dollars that's going to come. So if I give you two to three months free, or, you know, in six months when everything comes back to life, now I've locked you in as a customer for the next 48 months. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's worth. It's like, you know, giving away a razor free and, you know, you have to buy the blades every month. <laughs> yeah. So that's, you know, marketing 101. For our listeners, if you're going to be in the market in the next two years, I'm already starting to see these 0% six years, uh, no money down type of thing. So take a look. Um, you brought up something and you can... Again, earmark this for later whenever it flows in properly. Customer acquisition costs versus current customers. I see a big difference between we know the cost to get yep. a new customer. Even if you go down to the newspaper level, I remember that back in the day. To get a new customer, to get onto a magazine or whatever, it costs a lot of money to get them to subscribe. Once you've got them, boom. You can, you know, hit, there's so many great plays for that. But the potential customer, I feel like some of these cats are lacking in that we fall off, right? And, and, you know, we're not as important anymore. So who's, you know, weave that in at some point, like who's taking care of their current customer the best as well? From uh, let, me, let me start with this. I'll, I'll go to what we're seeing today, right? Like in COVID times, we're actually seeing the lowest CPMs um, and CPAs in, in years. So CPMs are pretty much advertising metrics where cost per thousand uh, impressions that you get in front of. So, if okay, you're at Rob Kardashian's man, explain that. Okay. So you did. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if you're, if you're an advertising platform, you have 3 million users, you're going to pay a CPM based on cost per thousand. So, you know, uh, so you get, you know, 30 was, I can't do my math right now, but that's, you know, you're, you're paying for those 3 million users. You're going to be paying by the thousands. And the CPA is pretty much a cost per acquisition. So, Sometimes brands will say, you know what? We believe in our content and brand so much. Instead of charging you by CPMs, the number of people you're going to get in front of, we're going to charge you a higher rate so that cost per acquisition. So what we're estimating a cost is going to get you a new customer. So they'll charge you that. But we're seeing all time lows. So CPMs are down 45 to 60, 65%. Um, you know, new, new try. While, you know, subscriber trials are up, so it's costing less to get a customer and more people are taking trials of of, okay. of new products that make sense for their life. So, for example, if you're looking to do some kind of e-commerce uh, business, you're doing some Internet gaming, you're doing some kind of subscription model, uh, so anything online, that's where those dollars are going. And those customers are more valuable today because, one, you're able to get them in cheaper. And then you're able to build that long-term relationship with them and grow um, your your uh, value proposition of what you're offering and get them to, you know, really understand how you are adding value to their life. Specifically, companies like Masterclass, right? They've mm-hmm. seen an explosion of new customers come on to their business. You've seen mm-hmm. companies like, um, of course, Target. 
who's who actually they've seen like a 275 percent increase in e-commerce sales over the last couple of weeks. It's a Lamborghini, um, baby. It's a Lamborghini of stores available. Yeah, right now. I mean, and you think about it. I heard to see. I heard. <laughs> I heard the CEO say that they've pretty much been having a Black Friday every day. Oh. Um, the amount of revenue that they were typically doing a Black Friday, they've been pretty much doing that every day. So, you know, these type these types of companies. So you're investing in marketing of lower cost for cost per uh, CPMs and getting in front of people or cost per acquisition, but then you're actually getting more opportunity to grow the business. So um, I hope that answers your question, but that's just yeah. kind of what we're seeing on the, on the marketing side. Right. So I think in the touch on it, and this is what I'll talk about in my session next week is, nice. is the, is the, is the revenue mix, right? You start to see the companies who had a good revenue mix model when it comes down to, you know, are doing okay. If you rely too heavily on advertising, that's where you're going to get hit for a good two or three months. But if you had a good subscription revenue, affiliate revenue, depending on your your business, you start to see how they can survive in these in these times. But I, I there was I forgot what publisher you know I think you, you were alluding to was like the ones who had good uh, subscription model, and they were they had a good subscription model for everybody. You know the Netflix subscriptions went up tremendous uh, drastically. Yep. Those who like. Uh, who owns? I can't remember. Like the people who sign up to the New York Times now, who who want that online access they're outside killing it right now, they're, they're killing, killing their path because you, you, that three free articles you get a month. Like, yeah. I need I need access twenty four seven. I need I need something to read while I'm here, and that's quick and easy. So uh, those who had a good subscription model ready, I think they, they people have been their marketing. They've been pushing to it prior to this are really killing it right now. Like the Bloombergs of the world, they don't need, I've never, I haven't seen, I've been checking for it all the time to see if there's any kind of discount on their subscription. I haven't seen anything. They don't need it. Damn thing. Everybody, you know, they don't need to offer anything. <laughs> I, was, I was looking at the same thing. I was like, come on, I got to get that pop up where it's like discount for the first three months, at least something, not at all. <laughs> yeah. yeah those, like you said, you talked about the advertising mix and not advertising mix, but revenue mix. Those companies with a good mix like Amazon and, uh, Adobe, they're offering free yeah. um, stuff. So you can get Kindle Unlimited for free for like the next 60 days or 90 days. You can get um, you can get Adobe uh, software free for a couple of months. Um, so those companies who, you know, solid balance sheets, um, need to grow customers, you're getting a lot of that um, coming into play. So, you know, it's out there. Those businesses who have, you know, the right play playbooks, they're going to be successful and thinking about what we're measuring, how we're measuring it and the efforts behind it um, is probably the most critical piece. So I'll leave you guys with this on the marketing side. So there's a couple of things as a marketer you want to make sure you're optimizing as you're doing these different campaigns. So um, as COVID has taken over, you know, there's a couple of things you want to put the brakes on. You know, people were always doing tests. They were measuring KPI, so key performing indicators. So, you know, are, are my customers clicking? Are they buying? Are they searching, et cetera? Um, so measuring all that. So not necessarily focusing because we're in a new world. Um, people are doing major strategic projects, putting a pause on that, um, and then having unrealistic timelines because everybody's working from home. You're teaching your kid, you know, two plus two and all these other type of, type of things as a marketer. So what you kind of want to focus on is you want to say, how are we going to measure the critical campaigns and channels? And when you say channels, you mean like Facebook, Twitter, Google, uh, Google search campaign. So how do we measure all those things in this new world? 
how do we leverage remote kind of creative processes and testing and 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 all those all those different areas where you're doing it remotely. And then the last piece that I'll touch on is, you know, you want to take take advantage of, you know, structural upgrades and technology. So you have the ability to improve across all your marketing platforms and programs, because now is the time where you're saying, you know what, my jump job has been off. <laughs> the season's on pause. <laughs> let me, let me, I'm Ben Simmons. Let me go work on my three pointer. I really, I really dig in and work on your three pointer. And then when you come out of this, you're like, oh shit, <laughs> Ben Simmons is shooting threes. COVID 19 is one for him. So, uh, people are putting on the hat and thinking about it from a new perspective. So I'll just leave you guys with that. And, uh, Get ready for a brave new world. You know, Clyde, Clyde talks marketing this time. So let's go. Appreciate it, man. You took a language that was kind of Russian Chinese to me and you, <laughs> in our talks, and you always make it seem, you know, easier for a guy like me to understand. Cause I don't, I don't get the space that much. Right. So, yeah. but I know the importance of it now. <laughs> I have for a while yeah, through our me, talks. For me. me and advertising seems like it's like a third language, man. Yeah. I don't, I don't <laughs> speak one. Okay. <laughs> 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 Drop top. Yeah, no, no, no. So I'm happy to, man. You know, it's something that gets me excited. And, you know, we always talking about how to make the money, but you got to figure out ways to get people to buy stuff to make the money. So that's yeah. why I get excited about it. Well, uh, I make you the Jordan and one of us, Kobe and LeBron, to this. So I'm sorry. That was a cheap shot. <laughs> cheap shot, man. Oh, man. <laughs> you know what? I'm kidding. You know no, everyone's got their fans. Everyone's fans of whoever they want to be fans. They're all three dope. How about you put it that way? It's there we religion, go. politics, and Jordan's a goat. But still, we'll let you believe what you got to believe. <laughs> <laughs> but this is one thing what I would say us three we, we never bring up we don't need to bring this up <laughs> any friend circles I don't bring up religion politics and I know damn sure I'm not going to waste time with any people who are team LeBron trying to get them to team Jordan because you're not going to get me to switch either you know? I'm, I'm, team, no point. I'm team LeBron but I, I love watching Jordan I'm team Jordan but, but I just I, you know what so who, who said it it was an LeBron is a treat to watch too man Kobe was a treat to watch I mean, Every, it's you know what it is beauty the problem is it's like comparing, you know, like, like Ahmad Rashad was on the interview this past week after the first two episodes. He mentioned that jump shot ain't as good. <laughs> yeah. He mentioned, he mentioned, he was like, you can't compare people anymore when they, they were a part of different generations. 20 years apart, man. Yeah. yeah. Like, like you, the LeBron benefited just like Kobe benefited from Jordan's and, and all the players and the Pistons and these guys developing the league to what it is. And then LeBron, LeBron benefited from Kobe and 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 Jordan, so it's hard to compare. It's like comparing corporations from the fifties, yeah, 50s. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, monopolies and everything. There's the <laughs> consumer aspect and the business aspect. So right, so like uh, I would say, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird put it on the map nationally, brought the popularity of the league to nationally, so it became dope. Jordan took it global, and now these guys, what they're doing now. So for the NBA, I'm saying it's it's good. I mean, it's it's we're all benefiting. As soon as I can't wait for it to get back on. It looks like they're going to open up practices in May. Let's see. They, they're, oh, they're, they're opening it up in the states that are allowing people to go to the movie theaters. They're like, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm thinking they're probably thinking all these single NBA cats. I mean, COVID is the least of the things they could spread. <laughs> I'm not passing judgment. Shit. <laughs> Anyway, we should get to shit you should know, or uh, what are we drinking? We drinking or shit you should know? What are we doing? Nah, let's do, let's let's uh, do shit you should know. Sound okay. like you got some hot. Let's what you got? I'm gonna throw. I'm gonna spit a lot of shit at you. So I'm thinking if you, okay. you brought up one of them. So um, one thing I did learn this week, which I didn't know I had to learn from my leader, is I should not drink bleach 
Um, <laughs> I, I, thought I, already knew, I thought I already knew this. I am done. But, you know, <laughs> so luckily, but it came out two days after he said we should drink it. So, you know. Exactly. Don't drink bleach, anyone. Yeah, for our listeners, we do not promote drinking bleach. Yeah, I don't know what about. The president um, of the United States. Only with with power and knowledge comes great responsibility, man. You just got to be responsible. That's all I'm saying. Well, the shit you put out there. <laughs> anyway, so let's get into the good stuff. The Jordan series, it's dope. I'm loving it. It's reliving like my childhood and just watching that again. I knew I was every exact shot <laughs> as a kid. I knew who I was watching it with, who I was calling, whatever it was. Anyway, and then um, Clyde mentioned this earlier, Kindle free books. That was going to be my thing. So I think it was brought up in a cousin's group chat or something, a WhatsApp group. And this Kindle app, a couple two weeks ago, I downloaded. There's some great material that I probably wouldn't buy, but like there's stuff I'm good with equities and stock trading, but I'm not great at options and futures and all that. So I'm looking into that. You got all these access to these free books. Some are audio versions. It's great. And Khan Academy. Everyone knows Khan Academy for kids. Whoever has kids out there, what they've done with the current version of it, it's dope and it's so helpful. And you can buy time, put them away for like an hour, get the kids on that, and you can get your actual work done. So that's my stuff. I'm going to leave you with. All right, dope. Uh, well, I, from, from my shits, you should know, it's real simple. So um, I like to focus on the, the early stage startup guys. The one thing that, you know, that Clyde mentioned during our, our, this conversation was the uh, testing, right? Testing your product, right? And one uh, company that has been great that I've been working with currently is called Alpha HQ. And they do a lot when it comes down to surveying. Um, your product before you even think about putting it out there, right? So they have a good base of people who actually use, uh, who respond to the surveys. And so I'm using one. They have one for early stage companies where you're not paying the corporate fees, um, the, you know, pricing model uh, in their pricing model. So you can get into their, their, their they, I think it was called Beta Alphas. I think they renamed it, it but uh, based off of that TV show, that wasn't a good look. But uh, it's a great testing model to kind of really figure out how your product is being perceived in a t- certain target demographic. You could build out your demographic, who you think it will be, and therefore you can pull back the layers of the onion and really figure out who and if your product actually makes sense to put out there. But Alpha HQ. Good. Okay. No, that's Ooh, a good one. Cool, man. Thanks. And, and then for mine, I'm, I'm going to do something a little different, right? We talked about marketing and you know brands who are really doing something during the pandemic. Uh, I want to shout out Epic Games. They launched a Yes, good one. <laughs> Travis Scott concert. Oh yeah, he's gonna be making some money on this one. Um, where they pretty much did a concert of Travis Scott inside of the Fortnite game. They had twelve point three million players who watched the game during that time, and that's not that's in Fortnite specifically, but outside of that, on Twitch and all these other kind of platforms, there were millions and millions of people watching it. On top of that. So I just want to do, you know, a real shout out, shit you should know, Fortnite hosting concerts in uh, inside the games was just mind blowing to me and able to get, you know, over 10 minutes, 12 million plus people. I think it was probably all in. It might have been 20 to 30 million people when you can combine all platforms. Um, but, you know, that's the shit you should know that I want to shout out this week. Damn. That's a good one, man. Nice. That was really good. I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just be on the lookout because our world is going virtual. Um, not only work, but everything else. So how people are adapting is making a big difference. So only thing I wish we could do virtually is drink. But, you know, we probably <laughs> would miss out on the taste. And I want to make sure that 
I can drink. Give me some drink. So, uh, you know, I want to shout out the whiskey of the week. The, um, it's a bit. Is it? Is it Romach? Like, like is it CH? You know, that's the part I don't remember. And I could okay. Google. Is it no, German? You said it's British. No, it's a uh, Scottish. Scottish. Ah, it is water in the UK. Ah, yeah, that's what it oh, is. Scott, Scotland's the UK, man. Come on, man. With that's Britain true. Even by in Britain. <laughs> Northern Ireland, UK, Britain, and uh, I Scotland. Keep, I can't keep track of that empire. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just say, you know, because I, I remember when I booked, we booked a trip last year. I remember I made a comment about, hey, I just booked a certain type of trip, you know, and I'm so happy we went, man, because I was, because the food, the local food, not great, <laughs> right? <laughs> but you get all the international fusion yeah. and the flavors there. I've never tasted better Latin Indian food, even, and that's that's what I grew up on. But like, it's it's they have all the different flavors. Chefs coming from all over, yeah. and they're parking up there, and it's the blend is beautiful. Wow, I mean, it's, okay, yeah, it's, I, I loved it. So, yeah, no, listen, when we uh, when we get our sponsorship, we could do Boom. a you, uh, recording um, overseas. Hell's yeah, hell's yeah, yeah I'm into right, it. Right, right, right. Speaking into existence. Okay, <laughs> hey, sign up for us. Hey, you know, because we've talked to hundreds of people who said. Uh, directly our friends said hey we're gonna review you well review us because you know we're about one two million shy of getting to ten thousand <laughs> reviews so get us there people especially with the number one podcast in the world right yeah, it's world. tough number one <laughs> podcast in the world hosted by Abdul anthony and clyde <laughs> but no, it's been a, this you, has been a good episode glad i was able to share a little bit more um marketing perspective from the whiskey hill our whiskey that we were sipping on was pretty tasty. Uh, I did t- definitely taste a little bit of the cherry flavor. And uh, I want to shout out to Athul for being being rich and getting this private jet <laughs> and bringing it back for us. And, uh, you know, <laughs> sharing. PJ. The PJ. The PJ. Every, every flight is private right now. My cousin flew from L.A. to Seattle last week. Four people on the plane. <laughs> every flight is private right now. He had to. He's a doctor. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Wow. <laughs> So this has been another episode of the Whiskey Hue. We uh, thank you for listening. Make sure you check out thewhiskeyhue.com. Rate us on all the platforms, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, you name it. We're on there. And uh, we got another good episode, fellas. Thanks. Peace. Peace.